Welcome back, everyone. For those of you who are new to the show, we play the orientation every week in order to showcase some of the resources available on the Action for Canada website. Our goal is to empower you so you will be confident and educated as you stand up for your rights and freedoms. The orientation, as well as the recording of each week's Empower Hour, are available on our website should you want to rewatch them or share them with your family and friends. In just a few minutes, Tanya Gaw, the founder of Action for Canada, will be coming on to share her weekly updates with us. And then she'll be joined by our special guest speaker, Andy Lee. We'd like to invite you to join an Action for Canada chapter near you, so you'll have an opportunity to connect with other like-minded people who will support you as you stand up for your rights and freedoms. Go to our website to join a chapter today. As well, please join us every Tuesday for Taboo Talks with Tanya, where she'll be tackling the tricky topics. This Zoom meeting happens every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time, and everyone is welcome, so be sure to register for that. Last Friday was the final session of the eight-week Youth Leadership and Speaker Program, and it was such a pleasure and a real blessing to watch our young people become empowered under the training and coaching of Dr. Greg Gary. Be sure to go to the Youth Freedom Movement page on our website where you'll be able to watch the incredible speeches that some of the youth submitted. A special thank you to all the young people and their parents who joined us each week for this program. We had a real blast and we learned so much. It's been almost a month since Action for Canada committed to one week of fasting and prayer. That initial one week period was extended to the entire month of May and now it's been extended yet again to June 4th. Please join us each morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time as we humbly come before the Lord our God in worship, praise, intercession and petition. I want to also remind you that we have a place for anyone needing prayer to reach out to us with your specific prayer requests. Please note that your information will be kept in strict confidence. To those of you on this call who have committed to lifting everyone here at Action for Canada up in prayer each day, thank you. Prayer changes things, and we're so grateful knowing you're covering us with prayer. Thank you for your love and commitment and for your faithfulness. You are such a blessing to us. As many of you know, Action for Canada is volunteer-run and is 100% supported by donations. Any amount helps, and we also have a monthly donor plan available to make things easier for you. We thank you so much for partnering with us and contributing to this cause as we provide resources, solutions, and hope to Canadians all across this land. For those of you who live in the Victoria area, please be sure to, talk, to join Tanya and many other guest speakers this coming Saturday from 12 to 4 p.m. at the Legislature for the Reclaiming Canada Conference. As always, many, many thanks to all the incredible people who volunteer for Action for Canada, from those doing the tiniest jobs to the biggest. I wish I could give you all a great big thank you hug. And now, my friends, it's time for the Empower Hour. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome everyone to the May 25th, 2022 Empower Hour. Tanya Gaw, the founder of Action for Canada, will be coming on in just a few moments to give us her weekly updates. Following that, she'll be joined by our special guest, Andy Lee, who will be talking about the shocking dangers of the rapid antigen tests. Action for Canada is a grassroots movement reaching out to millions of Canadians and uniting our voices in opposition to the destructive policies tearing at the fabric of our nation. Through call to action campaigns, we equip citizens to take action. We are committed to protecting faith, family and freedom. I'm always so honored to introduce you to Tanya Gaw, the founder of Action for Canada, each week. For close to seven years, Tanya has been fighting our big bully governments and has been exposing malfeasance and corruption at every level. As well, she has faithfully been providing resources at rallies and on the Action for Canada website so Canadians can be educated and empowered to stand up for their rights and freedoms. Tanya is an incredible and passionate freedom fighter, a patriot, and a woman of faith and integrity. And before she comes on, I want to ask you to please keep Tanya and Action for Canada in your prayers each day. This is a spiritual battle, and the enemy of our souls is not happy about the work that's being done here. Will you all please help me welcome Tanya Goa? Welcome, Tanya. Thank you, Heather, and uh, thank you everybody for joining us tonight. I always have to say it every week, Heather, you do an amazing job of uh, producing and um, going through the details of the orientation. And we know we have new people on tonight and welcome to you. That's why we're here at 4.30 opening our doors and at 4.45 the orientation begins because we want you to know what's available. A lot of people are still waking up, more are to come. And we would really appreciate it if you help direct them to Action for Canada because we are one of the only organizations uh, that has the type of resources to tangibly help people in their everyday lives fight all things uh, COVID tyranny. All right, so we have things for parents, uh, resources for parents to uh, protect their children, for employees, for employers, business owners. Um, we're really working hard to recruit elected officials across Canada. It's all very grassroots and it's all very simple. The more of us, there's way more of us than them. We've got to remember this, but we do need to all work together in helping uh, to provide information to our neighbors, our friends, our family, our coworkers, uh, because some of them, some of them are already questioning inside and they just need a nudge. They need a little information that would help them to say, aha, I knew something wasn't right, and now you've provided me that information. All right, I'm going to get to my weekly updates, and um, I'm just going to share my screen right now, Terenzio. You're good. Here we go. Okay. All right. You may recognize this gentleman. This is on our legal action page right here, details and updates. I want to let you know I've had several conversations with Rocco in the last few days as we prepare for our time in court this coming Tuesday on May 31st in the Vancouver Supreme Court, 10 a.m. We're asking as many people as possible to show up. We really want to have a strong presence to let the government know we're very, very serious about all of this. I've updated the page this week. We took this off the homepage. If you want to watch the video, it was when we filed the statement of claim uh, last year, August. And then I've also got the affidavit 
uh, from the meetings and information I've provided to the top RCMP in BC. And I don't see them doing anything, but I tell you, they'll never be able to say they didn't know multiple, multiple emails. I'll be providing this those on this page as well to show the kind of communication that Action for Canada has been putting forth and all of the efforts that we're making. Um, you know, I take a look at, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that even people on our side want to attack each other. And uh, we've even been attacked regarding our case. You know, people want to say it's taken too long or it's got to be, do this and that. You should use the Bill of Rights and not the Charter of Rights. Rocco uses both, by the way. Uh, but show me a case where the Bill of Rights has won anything in the last two and a half years and you might, you, you might win me over in that argument. Um, but basically, why would we argue? Let's wish everybody the absolute best with their cases. I am very confident in the case that Rocco has put together. I don't care about the naysayers. Um, it's easy for them on an armchair to be sitting back and, you know, at their computers making their comments. But I, I know the work that Rocco has put into this. And I know the strategies and the cases that he's had in the past that he's been successful at. And we're going to continue to count on that moving forward with the case with Action for Canada, Vaccine Choice Canada, et cetera, and, and anybody else who Rocco has a case going with. Those are the two top cases, I believe, right now in Canada. And just because they haven't hit the courts yet, don't believe for a moment that they're not already having effect. As soon as we launch this case, the BC ferries are included in the statement of claim. They no longer were pressing on people about the masks. And they were horrible, mean, nasty about people not traveling on the ferry, uh, which is the only essential travel between the mainland and the island and forcing people to wear masks, people with asthma. I had friends that had gone and they just couldn't even climb the flight of stairs because they were being forced. Soon as we filed, they stopped the nonsense about the masks and they never, ever mandated vaccination for passengers. On another note, you heard in the video at the beginning, for those of you who were here earlier, and um, I'm at a rally and I'm, I'm mentioning the fact that the other big win is Jennifer Whiteside is the Minister of Education. She never, ever mandated vaccinations for school staff. And we had a huge campaign. They tried to make the uh, school boards uh, be the ones to mandate vaccinations within their own school districts. And we managed to keep 45,000 teachers and the um, other school staff employees working throughout the whole time. So thank you. Wow, Rocco. <laughs> okay, so um, as Sheila had mentioned, I just wanted to show you where this resource is. We must continue to support our youth. I'm going to be highlighting a video in hopefully all of the calls to action coming up until I've gone through the whole process of the kids who have um, entered their final speeches. So you go down here to youth movement. You end up on this page and at the top we've posted the link. If you just click here, you will come to the video page. And I would highly recommend that you take the time to go through and hear what our youth are saying in Canada. Highly intelligent, highly articulate. They've got good ideas. They've got a good handle on what is transpiring. And I'm just so incredibly proud of them. And I'm so happy and proud of the team at Action for Canada that is reaching out to our youth, that's provided this platform, especially to Dr. Greg Gary, who did such an exceptional job on uh, bringing the kids through the program and teaching them 
uh, how to be speakers, how to be leaders. We talked about some of those social issues. I figure if the left can do it, boy, oh boy, so can we. And we need to, we need to be the loudest voice in our kids' ears because I'm telling you, deep down inside, a lot of them, they already know. They just need somebody else confirming what they know. All right, um, just gonna go along. I just, every week I wanna bring this up. I wanna bring up this page. All right, if you haven't joined a chapter, please go under join to the A4C chapters. This is a map across Canada of 159 chapters. We're also up here. You see that we're up in the territories. This is a big deal, my friends. This is a really big deal. And the reason it's such a big deal is because we've said we want to take back every town and every city. And if we get enough people to join a chapter, make it a priority. Keep an eye on, on the chapter page because down here you can see by province how many that we've got here. Look at this, Ontario, 48 chapters. Well, I mean, we are having some changes in, in some of the chapters. We are having a little bit of difficulties with communication because it's people just like you and I with super good intentions that are working full-time jobs that have offered to run a chapter, but they need people joining and supporting and coming together as a team, recruiting elected officials to run as school board trustees, mayor, city councils, because we have a number of huge elections all across Canada coming this October at the municipal level and with trustees. All right, um, and for those of you who are new, every week uh, we end up sending out a weekly email. I'm not sure how you ended up hearing about this tonight. Maybe a friend sent you the link, but if you wanna know in the future, under call to action, under weekly emails, this is where you would find this information. I also wanna point out urgent actions, Make sure you go and check out that page because we post our urgent actions there, asking you to write to senators and MPs, et cetera, on specific, very specific issues. So for today, we are going to go into the corruption that is at all levels. And I'm not gonna go in, in depth about this. If you have not listened to this video, please do so. Uh, a friend of ours and a member of our team, uh, Lisa, had done incredible research into the rapid testing and the harms of it along with the team. She's part of our writer team as well at Action for Canada. Well, she decided to call an, a company called Artron who are providing in BC the rapid testings to children. And as we know, and as we'll go into in this show, none of this should put, be put in the hands of children, Never mind adults, and, uh, but children specifically, very dangerous the um, contents that are in the rapid testings. But anyway, she goes on to have this recorded conversation and Dr. Uma at Artron would not provide the information of whether or not certain chemicals, uh, sodium azide, et cetera, were in their particular uh, product. And they passed the buck off. You have to call Health Canada, who again passed the buck off, et cetera. So nobody is getting informed consent. You can't have informed consent and the packaging doesn't give all the risks of what it is that many of you are sticking up your nose and up your nose of your children. So please stop it. By the end of this program, I'm hoping you're going to be convinced never ever to take a rapid test again. It's illegal. It's unlawful. You don't have to do it. So we provide a little more information uh, as well as about 50 calls made to poison control. I'd imagine that's an incredibly low number. I, I'd imagine that um, Health Canada, like everything else as far as injuries is concerned, is covering up. 
but they're at the same time very honest with us because on their own web pages it said you know don't don't provide to children it should be handled by medical professionals it's really quite a joke and the joke is on us and it's it's very serious okay so look at this dude yeah mr jerry dias not a surprise largest union one of the largest unions in canada the national president accepted fifty thousand dollars from a COVID-19 rapid test kit supplier. Always follow the money. Money making business, if you go onto this link, the government has poured in four billion, I've heard it's four to eight billion dollars towards these useless rapid tests, these useless dangerous rapid tests that they're trying to force Canadians and they are successfully um, convincing many Canadians to take. Rocco made this video some time ago. We encourage you to listen to that. And then we get down here. We always want to provide you solutions and help. And honestly, if you follow this to the T, you have got to apply the pressure and you've got to talk the lingo, the language, the, the uh, legal lingo in order to get these uh, rapid testings uh, turned around if you are being mandated to take them at your place of work. Uh, we provide the notices of liability. There's two different ones. We provide a template letter that I've had incredible success with. City of Surrey, I helped an employee. He never had to take another test. All right, take a look at the letter, take a look at the language, copy whatever you need from it and start engaging your union and your employer. And then this week as well, we are providing a fact sheet again, thanks to Lisa and the team and our writers team as well for putting that together. Little exciting news, Action for Canada is part of an award-winning documentary, multiple awards uh, to Peter Sacco. He was uh, brilliant putting this together and it's gone to film festivals. And again, I, I'd encourage you, it's a long one, but it is um, amazing. And uh, many months ago, they'd asked uh, me to interview. So it was just a talking back and forward. He took a few bits out of there. I think I could have found more compelling bits that I've spoken about in, in my life. But um, I still, I had no idea what he was going to do with the material. And, and it ends up in this award-winning documentary. So I encourage you to watch that as well. Okay, that was yesterday. We had Mr. Ken Drysdale on. And that's the report that many of you would have seen the investigation into criminal allegations concerning uh, pandemic response. He's in Manitoba. It is to go to police across Canada, MPs, MLAs, etc. This is an amazing report. And don't let the fact that it's some if the information is specific to Manitoba stop you from sharing it or going to the police if you're in another province, because it's an example of what is going on in every other province. And so the police should be commencing investigations. All right, uh, Heather, would you please come back on and introduce Andrea for me? I am so happy to do that. Thank you, Tanya, for your updates. I am so pleased to be able to introduce for the very first time on the Empower Hour, Andy Lee. She's an independent investigative reporter and tonight she's going to provide details about the rapid antigen tests that our government, Health Canada, and the producers and distributors of the tests are not telling the public. By the end of this evening, I know we'll all be very grateful for the plethora of information that she will be sharing and the research that she's done. Please help me welcome Andy Lee. 
There she is. Hi, Andy. We're so excited to have you on. We know we came um, became familiar with you about a month or so ago as we were doing the research and uh, Lisa was coming on with us on, on board and she had all this wonderful information that's on the fact sheet about the harms of the uh, testing. And you have done incredible research and independent uh, news sourcing, investigative reporting, and I, I just want to hand it the floor right over to you and ask you to do a deep dive. Again, everyone, I want to highly recommend that if you know somebody, there should be thousands of people on this call. So Sheila, if you could just post the link fresh in the chat, please invite people to join the show right now. They're going to want to hear what it is that Andrea has to say. All right, Andrea, welcome. And it's over to you for your presentation. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's my first time here, so I'm a little bit nervous, um, but that's okay. Um, you know, uh, I think that we've got a lot of information that uh, is going to be really, really interesting. I didn't set out to investigate rapid tests. We will, you know, I'll let you know how I sort of fell into the story. It's really, really fascinating. Um, but we've, you know, we've all seen these. Uh, they're sent home with us. Uh, a lot of us put them up our nose or we're being asked to put them up our nose or our children are being asked to put them up our nose, their noses. So, um, you know, it's really, really important that we know sort of what's in them. And I don't think that our government has been entirely upfront on that. And uh, normally I would just talk, but I think that for this purpose, I put together a PowerPoint presentation. It might be a little bit drier than what I would normally do, but I think it's really important that I show you all that what I'm going to tell you is all backed up by documents. So I have all the documents there so that you can look for yourselves and judge for yourselves, uh, you know, what I'm going to show you and, you know, come to your own conclusions based on evidence, not not hearsay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if there's nothing else, then I'll, I'll just dive into it and I'll, I'll tell you what I found out about rapid tests. So Artron COVID-19 antigen rapid tests, are they as advertised? So I'm going to take you on a dive here. We'll look at these tests. We'll look at where they're manufactured, where they're put together. And uh, like I said, I think that your eyes are going to be a little bit opened at the end of this presentation. So let's just get into it. So Artron Bio Research Inc. It also goes by Artron Laboratories Inc. Founded in British Columbia in 2002. It's located in Burnaby. So it's known for developing and manufacturing an array of uh, things, antibodies, antigens, critical comp uh, components for tests. So this is something that they do. They don't just do COVID rapid tests. They do all kinds of rapid tests. Um, and so they've got a board of directors. So this is Jerry Zhang, Helen Key, Zhang Ozkan, Jeff Guo, and um, Jun Zhang. So this is the board of directors. So um, I'm just going to go over here. Now, what do we know about this company? I'm going to tell you. As an investigative journalist, and I'm going to use that term to be fair. I've just started doing this. Um, you know, I do it for myself. I don't do it for anybody else. I do it for myself and I do it for Canadians. Um, I was compelled to do it mostly after COVID hit. Um, and, you know, I was very concerned about what was going on in my country. And that compelled me to start researching because I felt like something was, you know, deeply amiss in our country and that things were going wrong. And so I felt like I had to come forward and I had to start uh, working and researching and, and doing work to uh, you know, to do my part and to try to repair what's gone on in our country. Um, so 
I could find almost nothing on this company. There's almost no biographical information on this board of directors. So this is a company that Health Canada is um, authorized to distribute rapid tests. So I'm just going to show you, if you actually go to their website, this is, this is what you see. So if you go to their website, this is the board of directors. So there's no sort of information. There's no pictures. There's, there's not really anything here. Um, I can find almost nothing on these individuals, which is unusual for me. Um, I did find a little bit there. But, uh, you know, so I mean, this in and of itself, when you think of a, you know, a professional company that's distributing rapid tests for Health Canada, uh, you would think that they would have a very, very slick website, you know, it would be um, done up very, very well, there would be a lot of research at your fingertips, and a lot of information about that company that you could find out very, very easily. And I didn't find that at all. This is what I found. So, um, so Jerry Zhang is the president of Artron. That's what we know. Uh, so I did find that he was listed as a business delegate uh, during the, the premier of British Columbia's trade mission to China in 2015. So you can see he's listed down there, Jerry Zhang, president Artron Bioresearch. So we do know that he's a Chinese business delegate. There's nothing nefarious um, in that, in and of, of itself, in that fact. Um, but I was just trying to look for and trace back ties uh, and find out what this company was all about. Um, you know, this company was sort of a mystery behind it that's located in Canada. So that's one of the things that I found out. The other thing that I found out is that the president, Jerry Zhang, collaborates with Chinese firms on research studies. So this was a research study that I found. It's on SARS, uh, COVID. And so it's about T-helper responses. And now if you look at the study, I'm not going to go through all the details of the study and you don't really need to know it. But if you look at the study, uh, Artron Bio Research is the lone company in Canada that contributed to the study. Every single other company is located in China. And, uh, you know, again, that's not necessarily nefarious. If some of you know me already, you'll know that my children are Chinese. I've got a big spot in my heart for, for Chinese people. I do a lot of activism. Um, but, you know, it's a little bit of a red flag that I can't find any Canadian collaboration between this company and any other companies, right? Like you would think that you would see them partnering with uh, universities in Canada or something like that. I can't find any of that. The only thing I find is that they partner with research facilities in China, right? So we're talking about the National Institute for Viral Disease Control and Prevention, uh, Sinovac, right? Um, uh, so these are big, big, big Chinese companies that do a lot of the, the drug research. And, you know, of course, whenever we've got these, um, you know, these sort of collaborations, uh, and it's not a stretch to say we're always worried about, uh, you know, maybe sharing information with China and, you know, we're worried about intellectual property rights and things like that. And it, it's fair to say that. So that was something unusual that I found about this company. So um, the vice president, Sank Ozkan, and he's sort of a funny character. Uh, there's almost no background on him. If you look him up on Instagram, I didn't post any pictures here, but Let's just say he's, um, you know, he lives quite an interesting lifestyle, it, it looks like. Um, so he gave an interview to City News. And so he said that throughout most of the pandemic, the company, Artron, had been working with foreign governments. However, after winning a contract with the government of Canada, 
he stated that we are now prioritizing Canada to support our homeland, of course. So again, that's just one, you know, it was like just a little, um, a little drop that he put out there saying that, yeah, they don't normally collaborate within Canada, which is really, really unusual for a Canadian company, um, you know, to put that out there, that they're mostly working with foreign governments, not within the, the government of Canada. That's really, really odd. Um, so as of fall 2020, Health Canada still had not approved any COVID-19 rapid tests. There was no approved rapid tests as of fall 2020. So that's almost a year deep in the pandemic now, right? And so what happened is, you know, we were told over and over again that these rapid tests were useless. Uh, we heard Theresa Tam saying that they weren't worth using, you know, they were flawed, da, da, da. And then all of a sudden, uh, in late 2021, early 2022, Health Canada all of a sudden pivoted, right? They turned right about face and they said, you know, we're going to start acquiring these. Um, so it was a little bit of a bizarre and nobody really explained why all of a sudden they changed their position. Because we were told that these, you know, these weren't up to snuff, uh, you know, they weren't specific, they weren't sensitive, uh, you know, they weren't a useful tool. And, you know, we had a whole bunch of these stockpiled and they weren't distributed, right? The provinces all had them. They weren't distributed out, though, because Health Canada was saying no. And then all of a sudden they did this crazy about face. So I was like, well, why? Um, and I couldn't find any really good reason except for public pressure, right? And so uh, provinces, uh, individuals, you know, Action for Canada, places like that, everybody wanted to reopen. And PCR testing was, you know, also flawed and, and not sustainable. Um, so, you know, uh, as society reopened, pressure started to mount on Health Canada and Theresa Tam to get these rapid tests out there so that we had another tool that we could use, right, um, you know, to get people through airports and, and to get people back to work and things like that. So the only really reason I can find that they changed their stance is because of public pressure. So, um, so because Health Canada delayed approving our rapid tests, our acquisition was pushed way back. So then, the, the, um, you know, the country was scrambling to get them. Uh, we wanted to catch up. We wanted to reopen society. Employers were looking for tools, right? They were looking for ways to, uh, you know, safely bring their employees back into the workplace. And so rapid tests was one of those things that they wanted to use. So while Health Canada initially used to spend months and months and months reviewing these rapid antigen tests, um, you know, they sort of stopped doing that. Meanwhile, the U.S. agencies were fast-tracking them, right? They were, they were way, way, way ahead of us. Um, so uh, keep in mind, even as of December 2021, Theresa Tam was still downplaying the use of rapid tests. So this was just a news article. Um, so, you know, she says, if you get a negative rapid test, just remember this is more like a yellow light. Right. So she's even saying then that these aren't, you know, really a good tool to be using, but we're going to use them anyways. And then she said, you know, if you look at the United Kingdom, the more they used rapid tests, um, that hasn't necessarily improved their outcomes or reduced the health impacts. So she said in Canada, we've actually done better even having not used them. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, we were trying to leave lockdowns and we were scrambling. So we were scrambling for these rapid tests. 
And so what we actually did is we introduced legislation to acquire an abundance of rapid tests to make them part of our official response. And then all of a sudden we went from having three rapid tests approved in, in um, uh, late 2020 to having over 40 approved in 2022. So the bulk of those were authorized as pressure mounted in late 2021, early 2022. I think over 30 of those were approved um, you know, uh, in summer 2021. So, you know, we went through this sort of rigorous screening process where Health Canada really analyzed these tests, you know, to just sort of pumping them through to get them out in the market because people wanted them, right? So uh, we sort of dropped that, that rigorous process that these tests previously went through for, for screening. They just threw that out the window and started to approve them left, right, and center. And so now we've got over 40 approved. Sorry, I don't know what I did there. All right, and so sorry. This was the uh, this was the legislation that they actually put out. So this was uh, the news release. So uh, the Honourable Jean Duclos, Minister of Health, uh, you know, the bill has received royal assent, and so they're going to fund these rapid tests. So this was in March fourth, twenty twenty two. So we sort of enshrined this funding. So this is going to you know be a part, and it was a part of the budget as well last year. Um, so that's just the documentation showing the legislation. And so what's the issue with this? So the issue with this is that all of a sudden we, and we're taxpayers, right? So we're paying for this. Uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't the government that's paying for it. We're paying for it. So all of a sudden we began to hand over billions and billions of dollars to companies because we desperately needed rapid tests. Some people want them. Some people don't. I'm going to leave that up to you as to whether you want to use them or you don't want to use them. I don't use them myself personally, and you'll find out why at the end of this. But, um, you know, there's a huge amount of money going into this. $4 billion has been budgeted so far in rapid tests. And I actually listened to a House of Commons committee saying they might actually increase that to $8 billion. That's a crazy amount of funding for these. And so, you know, there's concerning aspects to this. And so this is sort of where Artron comes in. So according to the City News article, as of January 6, 2022, Artron became one of only two Canadian, Canadian manufacturers authorized by Health Canada. So the company touts its rapid antigen test as being 100% made in Canada. So far, Health Canada, according to their website, has procured almost 28 million of these tests. That's a lot. That's almost one for every person in Canada so far, right? They retail for about $9 a test. Now, I mean, that's to me and you. I don't know what Health Canada is paying for them. Let's say they pay 4 or $5 a test. Uh, think about that. That's, that's $140 million. That's a lot of money at stake for these contracts, right? You score one of these contracts for a rapid test, you really hit the jackpot. So the article states, when they came up with the prototype antigen test in July 2020, research and development department had to keep working with it to refine it and to respond to ever-changing specifications and demands by Health Canada and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. It wasn't until October 2021 when it got approved for professional use. So that was Artron's statement. Now, here's a funny thing about that statement. Uh, Artron's COVID-19 rapid, uh, rapid antigen tests were never approved by the FDA. They never got FDA approval at all. But the article makes it sound that way and their statement makes it sound that way, doesn't it? Let's just go back there. 
demands by Health Canada and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. It wasn't until October 2021 when it got approved for professional use. This is what they said. Now, it makes it sound like it was approved by the FDA. It was never approved by the FDA at all. In fact, these tests are banned for use in the United States. A recall notice was issued in the U.S. pulling these so-called wayward tests. And so here is the article, FDA Pulse Plug on Wayward Coronavirus Antibody Tests. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but if you look down at the very bottom, you can see Artron Bioresearch slash Artron Laboratories COVID-19 antibody tests. So in a statement about its publication on the removal list, uh, the FDA said uh, it's providing transparency for antibody tests. So this was on a removal list. So these got pulled from shelves in the United States, not allowed to be sold, not allowed to be used, not allowed to be distributed. So what are the problems with these tests? Well, we just don't know exactly. Uh, we can speculate. So I did try to do some digging and I found a study. Now, keep in mind, the study had a small sample size. Um, so that's always, you know, a little bit of a red flag, but it was a study comparing these Artron rapid antigen tests to other brands. And the, specific, uh, the specificity of this particular test was as low as 91% for Artron. So what does that mean? It means that it may not, it may be detecting something, but it may not be COVID, right? That's what the specificity means. So it could be detecting something else. Um, so another study on this test that compared it to, uh, in this case, it was five other brands and that they had a relatively high false positive rate when compared to other tests. Now, this is very, very important because if we're using these tests and we're inflating our numbers, or maybe you're missing work because you think that you've got COVID and you don't have it, right? You've got a false positive result. And it's really, really interesting because this company is very, very proud of and totes, uh, you know, very, very loudly on its website that they're, you know, they've got the highest sensitivity rate. So what does sensitivity mean? It means that it's detecting, you know, a lot of the time it's detecting COVID. But part of the downfall of that is if you have a very, very high sensitivity rate, you can also have a high false positivity rate, right? Um, in the sense that, let me put it in a layman's perspective, your tests are a bit trigger happy. So, this information is in direct conflict with the company's own claims, which are on their website, which are on Health Canada's website, saying that they have a reliable specificity of over 99%. So we've got one study saying that the specificity is only 91%. We've got Artron saying that the tests are over 99% specific, right? So we have a little bit of a problem here. Uh, so in fact, not only are these Artron tests not approved by the FDA, they're actually under an import alert. So I'm going to call it, it's a sort of blacklist, but what it actually is, is it's a red list. So these are what these, uh, these import al alerts look like. So I found this import alert, um, you know, and so basically these are subject to detention without physical examination. Okay. So basically, you know, if these come into port, they're subject to detention. And so if you look, this is what I found under this FDA import alert. So Artron Laboratories, Inc., right? It was published. So this was in 2020. This was, a, a, I think, just a little bit after these tests were recalled. And so you can see it's right there. It's the company in British Columbia. Well, what are they blocking? Well, if you look at what they're blocking on here, uh, 
they're blocking reagents for the most part, right? They're blocking components of these tests. Um, they're blocking the actual antigen test detection system. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what they're actually blocking. And so, like I said, this is all, you know, this isn't speculative. This is found on the FTA's website, right? So, you know, we're sending these tests home with people in Canada. Meanwhile, the FDA is seizing them. Um, so, I mean, what's going on here, right? So this brings me to the part of the presentation where I came to be involved. And this is going to sound a little bit bonkers because it is a little bit bonkers. Um, but this is what I do, right? I investigate things. So, um, like I said, I didn't set out to investigate these tests. I sort of it fell into my lap. And so I was sent messages in Chinese from a friend on, on Weibo, which I had translated. And so these chats that I was sent were from workers saying that they were being mistreated. They were being exposed to toxic chemicals and they were not being paid for their labor. Now, you have to keep in mind, this is the only part where I'm saying I can't verify these claims yet. This is hearsay, right? This is things that were presented to me, um, which I haven't been able to verify myself independently yet. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not important information. So I'm going to show you, this is exactly what I was sent. Um, so I was sent these messages and there's more of it. I just, I just put one up. And so basically I, I've got somebody who's translates Chinese for me. I've got a few people. So I ran it by two people that gave me the same story. And so I said, you know, these are from a factory that makes rapid COVID tests for Canada. What do these chats say? And so my, my translator said, this is a translation. I spoke to my lawyer about the situations and I did not know that the test box were toxic. And so I said, well, they say that they are made in Canada. They're not. And they say that they are mistreating their employees. And so the chat said, I got the coronavirus after working here for two days. Uh, I was checked in at the hospital and then it goes on to say, uh, I wasn't paid. Uh, I'm, I'm going to retain a lawyer. So we went back and forth and I got all these uh, chats translated. So naturally, after seeing these and reading these, you know, my curiosity peaked and I was very, very concerned as well. Um, and initially, I didn't know where they came from. Uh, I wasn't sure where they came from. I thought that maybe where they were actually coming from China. But when we tracked down the people in the chat, they were actually traced back to a warehouse in British Columbia that was reportedly assembling rapid COVID tests. And so we found this warehouse. So it's unlisted. It's unmarked. It's leased from an energy company. Um, I would try to pull the lease agreements from City Hall. So that's something that's a work in progress. So there's no discernible features on this building showing that it's in any way a medical device manufacturing facility. And how do I know that? Well, you know what? I sent people there. I asked people to go there and video it and uh, photograph it for me. And they're monitoring it. They monitor it regularly. Somebody's going to be going there this weekend. So what did we find? Well, this is what we found. Uh, we found this building, right? Uh, like I said, it, does this look like somewhere where your, your rapid test should be assembled in Canada? I don't know, right? So these are the initial pictures that I was sent. Uh, so these weren't taken by me. These were sent to me um, by the person who helped me sort of trace back these chats to this warehouse. And so you can see inside this warehouse, there's people, they're wearing face masks, they're wearing shields, they're wearing gloves. There's lots of trays there. There's sort of rapid test components all strewn about. So there's numerous concerns here. Um, you know, uh, are these perhaps being contaminated? 
um, you know, why does this look like some sort of a back room operation, right? I mean, this is supposed to be a bioresearch facility that's doing cutting edge technology for Canada. Um, and so this is what we found. So even at this point, I wasn't sure that this was Artron. So we kept going back and we kept going back and I kept getting them to photograph it until they got a new delivery. I had a suspicion that this was Artron, but I wasn't sure because this is located not in Burnaby, BC, where Artron is. This is located in Richmond, BC. It's in a totally different location in BC. But then finally we hit the jackpot. We saw um, a, a delivery was made. And then you can see on there, Artron COVID-19 antigen tests, right? And so there was the link. This was obviously Artron's setup. And so this is just a picture of what it looks like when nobody's working there, right? You can see everything's all stacked away neatly. And those are the shipments, right? And so the shipments clearly say Artron on them, right? Uh, if you read them, they say COVID rapid antigen tests. And the other funny thing is that you'll notice these obviously aren't Canadian labels. These are labels in Chinese, right? So that's the warehouse, right? This is what it looks like. Um, you know, I, I considered initially that this was maybe just a storage facility. Um, but, you know, after going back and looking at this a couple of times, you can see they've got a little lunchroom set up. Um, you know, they've got cleaning products there. They've got personal protective equipment there. So I'm leaning towards the fact that this is not just a storage facility. It's not just a warehouse. This is somewhere where, you know, test components are perhaps actually being assembled. Test components that we're consuming as Canadians, right? So I think it's fairly safe to say at this point that this company is not as advertised. Now, the problem is if you go on their website, and I probably should have put their video up, but it's a little bit long, um, so I didn't. So they have a video on their website, and it goes through, and it says, all of our components are 100% made in Canada, even your rapid test kits, 100% made in Canada. Uh, I would say that it's fairly certain that most, if not all of the components for 100% made in Canada tests are obviously coming from China. Um, you know, that's what the bills say. That's what the labeling says. Uh, and so what's the issue here? Well, the issue here is that this company is misleading us, right? And that's very, very serious, I think, when you think that this company is winning Health Canada contracts worth perhaps hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I would say that's a pretty serious offense. So, um, you know, and they won it based on the premise and the proud statement that these tests were 100% manufactured in Canada. I'm sorry, that's just not what we're seeing here at all, right? Um, so I have a feeling like we're out of, uh, I have a feeling like we're out of order here, but that's okay. We'll get back to it. Um, so anyway, so there's lots of concerns here, right? And so once I saw that this warehouse indeed existed, because I was skeptical, right? I was like, I'm not sure that this even exists, but we did find it. Um, you know, and once I found out that it existed, I gave a lot more merit to those chats. Um, you know, again, I don't know, are these workers being mistreated, right? Are they not being paid? Are they even Canadian citizens, right? Are they being manipulated by this company? There's so many questions. Uh, are these tests contaminated? Why is this warehouse not identified? Why is it not listed anywhere on websites? 
as a medical device manufacturing facility? Uh, why are there no uh, inspection reports, right? There's no indication that this warehouse is linked to Artron. There's no paper trail aside from those boxes inside that have the Artron labels on them, right? It's not listed anywhere. So it's really, really weird. So Artron, who are they really? So I use my translators. We got the, uh, the, you know, the, the shipping labels and we traced them back and we found the bill of ladings. So the bill of ladings, we traced back to a company called Oshuang Biotechnology in Shandong, China. So, you know, is Artron really Artron or is Artron really Oshuang? I'll tell you, Artron is not 100% made in Canada. That much I'm almost positive of at this point. So Artron, who are they? So you can look up their import records. So we do have a translated bill of lading that shows that, um, but I didn't put that up just because it's really, really messy and everybody will be like, what, what are we looking at? Um, and again, I want to, um, you know, my translators, obviously, uh, some of them have family in China. They do this at personal risk um, for me. Unfortunately, that's the reality. So um, I didn't want to put up anything that could be traced back to them, perhaps, um, because they do this, uh, you know, as a favor for me. And they do it uh, risking if they are found out that, you know, their families could actually face repercussions in China. That's how serious this is. So a quick look at the, the import records, uh, you know, Oshwang is top importer as Artron Bio Research. It's all laid out there. This is one of the import records that we pulled. So the importer is Artron Laboratories. It's coming from Oshwang Biotechnology in Shandong. What have we got? We've got packaging paper. We've got uh, plastic aluminum foil bags. We've got straw cartons, desiccants, sealing tapes. Um, we've got phosphate buffers. We've got cassettes, okay? So everything you need to manufacture rapid tests. So again, they manufacture all sorts of rapid tests, right? Am I positive that these import label are the rapid antigen tests, the COVID tests? No, I can't say that for certain. But I will say that, you know, it's very, very suspect. And again, we've got boxes of COVID test component kits sitting there with Chinese shipping labels on them, sitting with an Artron label on them, right? So I think that tells you everything that you need to know. So what did I do? I called Artron to set the record straight. I gave them a chance to tell their story. Um, of course, you know, they kind of stonewalled me for a bit. The entire phone call is recorded. Maybe one day we can play that and dissect it um, after I come back and follow up with this and get a little bit further. But I spoke to Dr. Uma Gore, which uh, Action for Canada has also spoken to. So, uh, so she's been quoted in several news articles and she's sort of a spokesperson for the company. I'm not sure exactly what she does as a doctor, but um, so I you know, wanted to know if their components were made in Canada. She insists that the components are 100% made in Canada, manufactured in Canada, not just made in Canada, because we know that there's tricky wording where you can make something in Canada out of stuff that you completely import. No, no, no. She said that they were 100% manufactured in Canada. Um, I asked her about what was in the extraction buffers. Um, you know, why was, uh, you know, why are these being seized by the FDA? Um, you know, what's in these, what's in these test components? What's in these kits? What are the chemicals in there? So she said that the reagents, although they are not listed on their packaging, are 100% completely safe. She wouldn't comment if they had sodium azide. Um, she also said that they were not 
obligated to provide that information to the public. She said, what we are doing is not providing tests for public consumption. We are a distributor and our authorized distributor is Health Canada. So she said the onus is on Health Canada to provide that information. Health Canada decided to not provide that information. And that was up to them, not up to the company. Um, and they also said, of course, they didn't know about this warehouse, even though there's boxes sitting in there with their stuff in it. So she said, I can't comment on that warehouse, but that we have multiple warehouses, which makes me wonder how many more of these things they've got. Right. Um, so, you know, that was a really enlightening phone call. Uh, I was really, really concerned that they wouldn't talk about the, the components and all this. And, you know, at, like I said, at the very least, this company is doing, a, a, you know, sort of a pretty deep deception, I think, at this point. Um, there's little doubt in my mind that there's, there's a, a good measure of deception going on and they're being misleading. Um, uh, at the worst, you know, maybe these workers' claims are true, right? Uh, you know, maybe they, they are suffering. Maybe they're being exposed to something uh, as they're concerned about. And maybe they're not given training, uh, you know, safety, uh, backup, right? The equipment that they need to deal with these things. So... I followed up with complaints, right? Of course I did. So I called everybody. I called everybody and then I called, you know, uh, everybody that everybody else knew. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, of course, did the pass the buck, right? Nobody wanted to touch this. Of course, it sounds like an insane story. Uh, and that's okay. It does sound like an insane story because it is an insane story. That's fine. But again, I've showed you everything that you need to, you know, back it up, right? It all exists. It's all real. Um, so uh, finally, I landed on WorkSafe BC. So WorkSafe BC told me that they would be sending somebody out and Health Canada. So Health Canada finally did get back to me. They said that they would assign an investigator to the case. Um, but I haven't heard back from them yet. That was weeks and weeks ago. Um, they also did tell me, though, they said, you know, you're not going to be privy to any information um, as to, you know, what we find during our investigation. Um, so, you know, uh, they're not apparently they're not obligated to update me or anything like that. Um, and furthermore, I filed some some access to information requests regarding this particular contract. I want to know why this company was chosen, how it was chosen. What was the vetting process? Um, you know, why did you land on this particular company and decide to give them this massive contract for rapid tests? And not only that, keep in mind, not only do they just have, a, you know, contract and authorization, they are distributing tests through insurance companies. They're sent home in British Columbia schools. They're given to Canadian Armed Forces. Okay, so they've got a decent chunk of this pie and they just came out of nowhere. And again, there's very little history on this company and there's a lot of conflicting information. So and uh, furthermore, I'm also monitoring this warehouse periodically, like I said, and we're going to try to actually talk to some of these workers, although I need somebody who is, you know, fluent, um, you know, in in Chinese or perhaps um, Cantonese or perhaps Mandarin to to be able, I think, to do that, because if you um, look at some of the other the photos that I've got, basically there's no English in it. It's almost all the writing is in Chinese. Um, so I, I think that there's a good chance that a lot of these workers may not even be fluent in English. And I want to make sure that if we send somebody there, that we've got somebody who is able to, you know, get a good translation and communicate well with them. So uh, another particular concern about these rapid tests, sorry, this is probably going longer than I intended it to. Um, so I'm going to try to 
zoom through this. So another thing is that right after this particular test was approved, Health Canada sent out a recall notice warning that some rapid tests, which were unnamed, could contain toxic chemicals in the extraction buffers. These were instruction buffers that we saw on import labels coming from Oshwang Biotechnology. And again, keep in mind, these tests are authorized by Health Canada. They're sent home with kids, right? Um, so Health Canada did not require that Artron listed those ingredients. That was sort of funny that all of a sudden these tests could approve. They hit the market and then bam, there it is. We've got a recall notice. So there it is from Health Canada. Rapid antigen test kits and potential exposures to hazardous substances, right? So does this sound like it is something that there's nothing to be concerned at? Um, does this sound like uh, Uma Gro is correct in, in that she said, our components are 100% completely safe. There's nothing toxic in it. There's nothing to be worried about. Well, there's nothing to be worried about. What's up with this recall notice? So another thing worth noting here is that Artron's manufacturing labels differ from warning labels provided by the government, the government of British Columbia. So we've got this nice little you know, list here. Uh, do not reuse, da, 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 da. Uh, we've got... Wash hands thoroughly after finishing tests. Do not eat, drink, or smoke in the area where specimens or kits are being handled. Clean up spills thoroughly with appropriate disinfectants, which the disinfectants that are appropriate aren't even listed. Handle all specimens as if they contain infectious agents, da, da, da. Observe precautions against microbiological hazards. Dispose of all specimens and use devices in a proper biohazard container. So, you know, there's, there's some warnings here. And if you look at, this is what BC gives you for the exact same test. Now, I'm not gonna go through this all, but I'm gonna tell you none of those warnings are on this. This is the handout that BC gives out. There's no warnings, there's no precautions on here, right? So if you've got one of these tests and you've got a problem or you spill something or your kid splashes, uh, maybe they spill it in their face or get it in their eyes, you go to BC's website and this is what it says about Artron Rapogen tests. And you can see Artron is right on there. So these are their specific, uh, you know, their specific instructions for Artron, which differs from what Artron says. So conclusions, if the tests are safe, why are we calling for safety precautions on Artron's instruction street? Um, so uh, keep out of children's reach, right? Uh, and sorry, if the instruct, this is important, if the extraction buffer contacts skin or eye, flush with copious amounts of water. So if there's nothing in these extraction buffers, why do we have to do an eye wash if we get splashed on us? And again, these, this is really, really concerning that this information isn't dished out by the government of Canada, right? Uh, you know, this is, this is important information. So... You know, uh, so what do you think, right? Um, are these tests 100% manufactured in Canada? Are they as advertised? Uh, are they sensitive? Uh, are they specific, like the company says? Did Health Canada rush the approval of these tests under pressure? Uh, are they completely safe? What do you think about the work conditions, right? Is that where you would work if you were assembling medical devices? Are those the conditions you would expect to work under? And so, like I said, you know what, and we may never know, but I'm going to keep on trying to find out. And there is, of course, that article from CBC that shows that uh, 50 calls, at least 50 calls have been made to poison control centers over exposures to these test kits.
And so thanks for listening. Sorry, like I said, I ran on a little bit there, but that's it. I hope nope. that was good <laughs> and I hope I didn't bore you to death and, and um, you know, I hope that there was good information. And like I said, it's all backed up by websites, documents, import records, photos, right? So there's no speculation, uh, you know, uh, under any of this, except for maybe the worker chats. And I'd love to talk to those workers and find out exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. Right. No, you've done a tremendous uh, amount of research here, Andrea. And I know that I was watching the numbers, like not one person has signed off this. The, you've got them engaged. Yes. This is an, Sorry, that was because, so dry, but... <laughs> no, it is an incredibly important topic because the average person doesn't know how deceit they're being. They keep, you know, I, I mean, people are, are letting up on that now of uh, trusting the government that they have our best interests in mind, but it's really, really not the case. And especially when you see something like this, I love the one question uh, that you provided is why did they provide, you know, a contract to Artron? Uh, it's evidence that, uh, you know, there is no proper history there. Who is this company? Uh, why is it all in Chinese? Why are they lying and saying that it's 100% Canadian made, right? Well, I mean, it just, you do see sort of these, you know, these shell Chinese pharmaceutical companies. I'm not saying that that's what this is, but I'm saying, you know, I think that in light of the fact that there's very little history and there's no collaboration with any Canadian institutions that I can find, that, yeah, we have to consider that this is, you know, a satellite company of Oshmang Biotechnology, right? If anybody has any questions directly for Andrea, I'm going to ask you to raise your little Zoom hand. Okay, so I see a couple in here. And it says, is a rapid antigen test classified as a DNA test according to the Genetic Non-Discrimination Act? Do you have a, a specific answer for that? I don't know, actually. That would probably okay. be for your specialty than mine. I don't know if you have a right uh, an answer for that. I like, do. I, <laughs> I'm not sure because is it a DNA test? No, there. What what's happened here? Yeah, what's happened here is, of course, the PCR tests were absolutely you know, they were going for DNA, RNA material, and they tried to deny it the whole time. And of course, the Genetic Non-Discrimination Act uh, was in place. And and so it's part of our notices of liability. Canadians knew that they could rely on that. Uh, And going to court as well, the, the government wouldn't have a leg to stand on, really. So then they did this transition over to the rapid testing, which I, I can give you only give it to you in the layman terms that I understand it as well, is that they're going for a protein. So they test the protein. It's it's but the protein it, because in my mind, as, as us girls were going back and forth through emails yesterday talking about this, I'm saying any any substance that comes from your body has your DNA in it. And like they want to take an air hair follicle, test your DNA and find out if that's your baby <laughs> or did you did you murder that person and, uh, you know, or commit some sort of other offense. So the point is, is that they're saying, well, as an employee, I'm taking the test myself. Uh, you know, they're not testing it. They don't have access to the test. You know, I do the test. But what we've got to remember is, why are you taking that test? How does it differ if they force you and administer the test or they force you to administer the test? They are forcing you to take a medical uh, uh, treatment. They are forcing you to take bodily fluids, right? And test it. That's against the law. And our proteins are attached in the mucus to DNA. 
And, and that only makes sense. So we are staying firm on the fact that the Genetic Non-Discrimination Act um, uh, does qualify, but more than that as well, they're forcing you to take a medical treatment and they're demanding that you provide your private medical information. That's against the law. So no matter how they look at this, the rapid, anti rapid antigen testing is against the law. And let's add one more, there's very toxic, harmful substances in that. And some people could say, oh, well, you know, it's only just a small amount. But think about how many people are having to take it daily, multiple times a day, et cetera. What is that doing to a person's body? What are they exposing people to? So bottom line, Action for Canada is staying firm. This is 100% against the law. Use our notices of liability, the fact sheet and the extra letters. Use my template letter and start writing to your employers and saying you're going to take action against them if they don't knock it off and cease and desist. And then as a bonus on top, they're not even uh, reliable tests at, at that point as well. Right. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I mean, you know, and I really want to get into the swabs at some point and look at what's on the swabs because we've all seen those, you know, those experiments where some of them fluoresce and some of them don't. Yeah. So sort of what are the, you know, what are the preservatives that are on the swabs um, on some of them evidently. And yeah, I mean, you know, some people take these every day. I know some school kids actually that take them every day because they get, you know, they get them from school. So right. themselves all the time. And so, you know, and, and again, you know, and it, I think it's just crazy when, when I found out that the government of BC didn't even put any warning information on their label. Yeah. It's so criminal. Right. And the thought that these kids are going home with it, Sandra has already said in the chat, my nose started to bleed after two weeks of those tests. She's never had a bleeding nose in her life. And, yeah. you know, it's just very, very concerning to, to think what else is happening to people, how, you know, everybody responds differently, uh, depending on their immune system, uh, depending if they have, uh, you know, propensity towards maybe allergic reactions. And bottom line, it's, it's, it's a chemical. They're asking you to stick this chemical up your nose and think about our kids. Think about our children who are at 0% chance, my friends, of getting this virus. It's a respiratory virus that is highly treatable. Please, if you're giving it to your kids, stop it. Provide parents the information. The fact sheet is being posted. Thank you to Jenny and Sheila for doing that. Okay, let's go another question here. Um, uh, Mariana has asked, uh, do you happen to have any info about PCR tests? No, like I said, I, you know what, this is all really new to me. The story sort of fell into my lap, so it's not something I've been investigating all along. Okay. All right. So um, maybe Sheila or Jenny, you could provide the link that Action for Canada has on the PCR testing, because we've done a lot of research on that. Kerry Mullis was the inventor of the PCR test, and he said it was never meant to test for a coronavirus and that it is not reliable. Um, as no surprise, in the summer of 2019, Kerry uh, Mullis died. And, you know, I, I don't think that that was by accident. I think it might have been by design. Uh, because this this man, um, you know, would have had a lot to say about this at this point. Never mind the Shermans as well, the billionaires uh, who owned a pharmaceutical company. And what did they uh, supply? One of the largest suppliers in the world was hydroxychloroquine. So something very sinister is afoot. 
And so we're trying to keep, um, you know, ahead of all of these details to make sure that everybody is well informed on the issues and that not that you're only well informed and educated, but that you have tangible resources to take action for yourself and your families. And if you don't serve the notice of liability, you may not get a great response at first, but it's coming. People are using this as they're going to, uh, you know, register for legal actions and then you're going to have evidence that you told uh, your employer, the school principal, whatever, that they were causing harm and that their actions were illegal. So please take the time to uh, commence the actions for yourself and your family. Okay. Um, is it, isn't it required for the companies that want a government contract to be vetted? Yeah, that would be reasonable. <laughs> What's your opinion on that? Like I said, I mean, I, you know, I'm pretty decent at what I do. I, I'm, I'm new, right? I don't have all the resources. I'm not a big newsroom. I'm just me. I've got no funding. I don't even get paid. But I mean, I'm usually good at finding stuff out. I can find precious little on this company, uh, like I said, but I'm trying to find out more. I want to know why they got granted this contract. I think that they were given it uh, under a scramble and under an immense pressure from uh, to Health Canada. You know, I think that they were just looking. And the other thing is that if you look at their, their, you know, their statistics on their website, they're very good, right? The tests look like they're very sensitive and they're very specific. But, you know, at the same time, we've got a study saying, no, they're not. Well, this can all be, um, you know, just I, I wouldn't doubt for a moment that it's all made up. And the reason I say that is at the very onset of so-called COVID in February of uh, 2020, very early on, hydroxychloroquine was named within weeks that this is a very effective treatment. And so, of course, the UN and the Canadian government were trying to squash this, making all efforts. I believe it was around April that uh, a Lancelet journal, which is a, one of the world-renowned medical journals, had put an article in there from Surgisphere warning everybody, stop taking hydroxychloroquine, warnings, it's causing heart defects and, and uh, problems. W uh, the doctors in the United States, I believe it was the frontline doctors, ended up exposing that the company Surgisphere had been set up within about a matter of a month. And their so-called expert information had about 11 years worth of documentation. There was no way that they, that that was a legitimate company. And so with, you know, mud on their face, the UN never apologized. Lancelot Journal took it down. And about three weeks later, they're commencing another action to support hydroxychloroquine and do trials. And the trials that they recommended were at four times the recommended dose. And so back in 1973 or six, I can't remember it, the UN, the WHO did um, uh, studies on hydroxychloroquine and it was proven to be one of the safest drugs, but it said, but not in high doses. And Canada signed on to that trial. And I followed that through to the hospitals and, and uh, et cetera. So anyways, this is why in my mind, it doesn't surprise me that Artron is probably not a legitimate uh, company. And I would like to see uh, who is truly behind it because that's where the money goes. That's exactly where the money is and all of the corruption. Okay, we have some raised hands. Terenzio, could you bring somebody on please to ask their question? Absolutely. First question is from Ken. Okay, hi. My uh, question is uh, about uh, have you gone to Public Works Canada to look for what the request for proposal was 
and whether there was a bidding process or if they actually went to single source to this company and the reasons for it. And the second question I would have is, uh, have you, is there enough material, do you think, to go to the police and say there's something wrong with this business in the way that they're operating and are they operating illegally? Thank you. Uh, that's a good question. So um, I, I don't, I didn't find any indication that this is a, a single source contract, but like I said, I'm still digging into the contract. I think it was part of this broad, uh, you know, deal that was made. And like I said, about 30 of these companies started to get very, very rapidly approved. I'm sure that this isn't the only company that's got a little bit of a, you know, sketchy background. Uh, so I want to try to look into the other ones as well. But my main concern about this one is that their claim is that everything's made in Canada and they're a Canadian company. And I'm seeing, you know, a lot of overwhelming evidence. Otherwise, have I considered about going to the police? I definitely have. Um, I was hoping that WorkSafe BC would get back to me or Health Canada would get back to me first. Um, but I have considered, yeah, just calling the RCMP and saying, uh, again, these are, you know, what these are medical devices that we're using. So, I mean, at the very least, there's something wrong here. Um, you know, at the very worst, maybe we've got workers who are being exploited, which is a huge concern to me. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I didn't give those. I approached those chats with some healthy skepticism at the beginning. But when I realized that this warehouse was indeed true and, and we started following it and, and looking at it, uh, you know, I got more and more concerned that these are workers who are being exploited and, uh, you know, I, they, they haven't given me any reason to doubt their information yet. All their information has been good so far. So, yeah, I mean, that's that is on the table. I think, um, like I said, it's sort of, you know, you, you get the runaround. Um, but I think that uh, I'm going to go back to work safe BC at the end of the week. And then if I don't have any sort of inspection going on, then I might just go to the police and file a police report. And it'll be much easier for me to do now because I can literally just give them my PowerPoint presentation and say, mm -hmm. here, right? Here it is, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Here's the chats. Like it's all here. This is all the evidence you need to go have a look for yourself. So yeah, it's a good question. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Ken. All right. Uh, Trento, next question. Yes. Next question is from Claire. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. What's your question? Yeah. My question is this uh, sounds, uh, it appears to be very illegal, everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. Obviously the labels are from China, the warehouse doesn't appear to be manned properly. What they're stating you've discovered is none of it is factual. So I would say this is illegal and it's probably against business policies, government policies, policies, et cetera. Now you mentioned going to the RCMP. I don't know if I would advise that because unless you find one or two or three or more that are sympathetic to the and know the truth about the vaccines, they're, they're, they're not going to go further with it. And they might even get someone after you or, you know, you could be even be in danger. This is nothing to fool around with. I, it is highly illegal. And I would suggest you talk to some lawyers of some kind, business lawyers, and possibly uh, if there are some politicians that are trustworthy and against the vaccines and suspect this stuff anyway, that would be the way to that would be the way to go. Uh, lots of RCMP in Canada already are being served with stuff and are just ignoring it and are behaving like goons. Like look at the truckers. The truckers are suing the police in Ottawa for what they did. I mean, mm -hmm. this is no joke. And this is very serious. What you found out is so awesome. It's extremely yeah. disturbing. It's and we're talking crazy. billions of dollars. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. 
And furthermore, guess who was the top You're not, you're not, yeah, you're lying to us all, basically. That's right. And then who else is lying to us about everything? The top politician in Canada and his cronies. So this is dangerous. I I think there's people who are against him and against what's going on, and you would need to go that route too, but be careful. But I don't know, Tanya, do you think Rocco could do something with this or... Yeah, so what I was going to, uh, I'll, I'll be having some discussions with uh, Andrea in private. And because I as well believe that, you know, we got to be wise with the actions and the steps that we take. And I've been very vocal about my actions with the top RCMPs, the Deputy Commissioner of British Columbia, the affidavit that's on the page, the communications that I've had with them. They will never, ever be able to say, we didn't know But when the time comes and all of this goes and is actually before the courts, because I believe we are going to see justice. I believe people will be going to jail. And all it is a matter of we got to continue on with the evidence. Um, We've got more politicians who are stepping up. I think it's a good idea to put it in the hands of of an elected official as well. Some of them want to get reelected, believe it or not. (laughs) And and so maybe they'd be willing to put themselves out there. Um, And... Who's in Richmond right now? Didn't Kenny Chu uh, get outed? Yeah, I, 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 I haven't paid attention to who the MPs are who are in Richmond right now, but I know it doesn't have to be in Richmond to take action on this. It would just need to be an elected official. This is a federal crime, what we're talking about here. And so I don't believe this should be, you know, the head of a party assisting and helping with this as well and applying pressure to the police. But we're going to continue uh, the exposure of it uh, helping people to become aware that you should not be taking these tests. A friend uh, texted me yesterday and I was just like, <laughs> he texted, always, oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to go get the test. And I texted him back and said, don't you dare take that test, right? It's just a whole total scam. It's illegal and it has the potential of causing you great harm. All right, uh, Terenzio, another question, please. Next question is from uh, L- Lorette. Hi, there you are. Hi. Good, good work there, Andy. It's, it's amazing. Uh, we all knew the PCR test was garbage, and now, you know, this is crap, too. Uh, did you by chance try and follow where the money goes? Did it get into our illustrious leaders' pockets or, you know, this type of thing when you're doing your research? Uh, for these particular tests, you mean? Yes, for this antigen test that you were doing the research on. Like, there's lots of money, right? Well, so where money- is this money going? We all know that Justin Trudeau's, uh, everything's in a blind trust right now, right? So we have no idea what he's uh, what he's invested in. That's um, apparently he himself doesn't even know what he's invested in. Although I question that actually. I actually wrote an article about it um, in retribution for what they did to truckers. I went on a little witch hunt on my own and uh, tracked down some of his private accounts and his holding accounts. So, um, you know, I can't say that I know that this is being funneled back to people, but I mean, we know that, you know, it's elected officials obviously are invested in, in multiple companies. Uh, you know, it's really, really hard to track them down. They're supposed to disclose all this stuff, but they do tend to, I mean, we saw Anita Nand giving, you know, favorite contracts to, uh, you know, companies her husband was associated with, so, um, you know, have I found have I found a political link to Artron yet? No, mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep looking for one. Yeah. Doesn't mean that there's not one there. It just means that I haven't found one yet. Right. 
Well, and as we had exposed as well, well, not ourselves, but we, we provided the link to the uh, Unifor president as well. The, the corruption goes deep. Uh, you know, $50,000 is nothing to the people that are holding billions of dollars of Canadians' money at ransom so that they can pay these players to help them out in this scheme, right? So it's going to take a matter that when the first dominoes start to fall and people start getting arrested, uh, then we'll see some of them quivering in their boots. But we're going for the low-hanging fruit right now. we got to take out the workers on the ground, the employers, uh, et cetera, union leaders, who, who are commencing these actions on these illegal actions on behalf of the government. And we're just going to keep pressing back. Uh, we're very patiently moving forward in doing this, and we need everybody's support. Okay, Terenzio, another question? All right, Shannon. Hi there. Hi. Um, hi, Andy. I appreciate the work that you've done. Uh, I had happened upon you on Twitter a little while ago, and I got a little bit of this context earlier. But the PowerPoint was great to kind of give a whole picture of it. So thank you for doing that. Um, are you back on Twitter at this point? Uh, I, I'm back on for now. We're, uh, we're not expecting to be there for long. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm trying not to not get too invested. I used to do most of my stories on there and long threads, but I'm trying not to do as much of that anymore. I've cu- kind of got my own show now and I want to get back into writing and things like that, just because we all know that my, uh, they could pull the plug on me at any moment. So yeah. <laughs> Well, the fact they're pulling the plug on you shows you're actually onto something worthwhile. Yeah. Well, the fact that they did it right before my my bank accounts got frozen. I mean, talk about a coordinated hit, right? Oh, dear. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I had chop up for social media before, right? I mean, they didn't want me on on social media freaking out about the fact that, and now my private blanker says maybe I might have been flagged by FinTrack. So that would be a permanent flag. So. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna continue trying to take good people down, but we'll find other ways of popping back up and providing even you know a platform with Action for Canada help to get your voice out. Um, if Tom ends up, Tom Quiggan, I know that you're associated with him as well. I'm going to have him one day on my show soon. And uh, if you record in the USA, they can't take it down. And and so there's ways around this. We're going to just keep working. All right, I have um, a question up. I'm not. I haven't read it in advance. Okay, is there a government appropriation committee behind the awarding the contracts? Couldn't someone submit FOI POP to get the names of the politicians behind the awarding of contracts as well as the lobbyists behind affiliated? So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, Freedom of informations are highly effective. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it takes a little time to get them, but it's definitely worth filing for them. Have you done any of that work? Yeah, so I I did. So yeah, so I called them ATIPs, access to information and and privacy. So, so yeah, I did uh, do some freedom of information access requests regarding this. I want to know more about this contract. I want to know who dished it out. Um, I want to know the terms behind it because I can't find any of that. Um, And so, yeah, so it would have been, you know, uh, under public, um, you know, public services procurement. Um, So, and, you know, you can see that you know, how many tests we've given them and all that is under that. But I mean, a lot of these COVID contracts are just shouted in secrecy. You know, they were just doled out. And and these ATIs, I mean, I've been filing FOIs for a long time. Most of them come back and they're pretty much black. <laughs> yeah. so, 
um, or you know they they take months and months or half a half a year or even you know maybe a year right I still haven't got some of my first ones that I filed back and that was a long time ago so but I have done that so you know let's have hope but I think the important thing is that you know we just understand what these are all about right now and I'm not saying you know if you want to use them use them, but be informed. I think the problem is that we're not being informed about what we're using, right? We're being misled again and again and again by our government, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're being mizzled. So if you want to use them, use them. I've used them, right? Am I scared of them? No. Would I use them every day? Yeah, no, um, absolutely not, right? But um, it, But that's the problem is that they're just not being forthcoming with the information and they're, they're doing it continuously right so now we have to look in every single nook and cranny to find how many times they've lied to us right if they did it with this one company how much more of this has gone on mm-hmm. I just happened upon this I wasn't even looking for this and now I've got to look through all 40 of these companies right? yeah well, we know that I, I can't imagine there being one legitimate uh, rapid testing company available. And and to me, I'm like zero tolerance for this. Um, I wouldn't recommend anybody take them because of the agenda behind it, uh, because uh, we don't want to buy into anything. When I was talking to Rocco, there's one legal action that's been commenced, not with us. And they've taken a very broad action and it's just kind of kept narrowing down and shipping away to the point where they're merely asking for an exemption for some health workers. And our position is that we will not ask for an exemption because if we're asking for an exemption, that means that we feel we need to be exempt from something. And the whole thing is illegal, right? Every part of the lockdowns, every mandate, we have guaranteed rights in this country that are guaranteed charter rights, constitutional rights. The constitution, as I said in the speech at the, at, at the beginning of this, is the supreme law of Canada and anything that is in opposition of it is of no force and effect. That's the mindset all of us as Canadians need to embrace and continue, even regarding this treaty. Everybody's panicking about the uh, WH Treaty and they're going to take control of us as citizens. No, they aren't. They're an unelected body. They have no control in Canada. And even if Trudeau signs onto the treaty, it's of no force or effect because it is in violation of our constitution. If we don't stand firm with this at the forefront of our mind, we're going to lose this battle. And so we got it. We got to stay really, really firm on it. Uh, Terenzio, I think uh, we have one more person that Uh has a question. From Paolo. Oh, from Paolo. Okay. Hi, Paolo. I think your question was outside of the realm of the rapid testing. If I saw you're in the Q&A, can you unmute or? I don't see him unmuting. We do have one more. Oh, wait. There he is. Yeah. Hi, Paolo. Okay. Hi. Yeah. I thought I'd do this. um, I thought I'd give it up and I thought I'd post this on both sections so, so you could see it. When it came to employment and everything else, now here's my situation. I work because I work for the city of Vancouver local QP15. Now, I, I submitted a grievance, uh, sent my NOLs, and I got a case number. Now it's going to step two, which incl- is going to be a WebEx meeting next week, a week from now, which is going to include my direct managers, uh, my union rep, and I, and, and I think someone from HR. Now, what important steps should I take to prepare for that? Uh, or 
should I record the whole conversation? Anything else I should do besides that? Yeah, absolutely record the conversation. Have you used and looked up the template letter that I've used with the city of Surrey and a, and a North Vancouver um, city and union? Uh, I'm great, afraid I haven't seen that. Great success. Okay. Uh, uh, Sheila, would you mind please putting the template letter? Oh, she's right on me. Every time we talk about something, you're awesome, Sheila. Going to give you a big shout out. And then, Paulo, I would recommend you come to the Tuesday show. And uh, you and I can have a conversation potentially at the end of that. Okay. Okay. We'll prepare a little more. That'll be great. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to be a little late joining that show because I'm because I'm working that day, so I'll be catching the last portion of that. Session. Okay. All right. Well, so your you home, know. your homework is to study the uh, template letter. Go down okay. to the city letters, please, and. Um, just uh, check out the titles of them, whether it's the rapid testing or the other one. Read them both, okay? Okay, yeah. Now, this is an individual one. It's only it's going to be uh, applying to me, not, not my fellow union members. They're, yep. they're taking it on a one, like an individual basis here. Yep, that's okay. That's the yeah. way I dealt with it with these employees yeah. as well. Like I said, okay. with great, great success. Okay, uh, okay, great. Thanks. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, Terenzio, did you say there was one more hand up? We do, from Carolyn. Okay. Hello. Hi, Carolyn. What's your question? Well, my question is, I watch Dr. David Martin a lot. Do you both know who he is? Yes. Someone who would come and I was watching him yesterday and he's saying he's going around the States and he'd like to go around the world and meet with anybody to get to the bottom of this. And he said lots about Trudeau. He said he knows everything he's done. Yes, yeah, Dr. Martin has made some very broad, very firm <coughs> statements. I've, I've been actually uh, directly in touch with him back in the fall. And um, so, yeah, you know what? He's, he's got apparently investigations going. He's provided information. Uh, the documentation that he provided me wasn't something where it was actual evidence. Uh, for instance, like an invoice that somebody, you know, had paid or a transfer of funds that somebody had paid potentially Bonnie Henry um, or John Horgan or the government. I haven't seen any tangible evidence uh, from Dr. Martin. I'm not saying he doesn't have it, but the report that he sent me, I didn't find anything there other than um, uh, not even speculation. Like we know what the government's doing is corrupt. And so, but we need super tangible information in, in order to move forward with that. And the police need that as well. But to me, with the information that I've personally put, provided to the police, because I've actually also included seven death certificates to show that they were um, misleading. And uh, to me, it's fraudulent uh, assignment of death to say it was by COVID when somebody has four, stage four cancer and inflating the numbers. Um, so anyways, uh, we'll continue to see what do, uh, Dr. Uh, David Martin comes up with. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not following him closely. I know that if there is something truly good to report that somebody will definitely send me a link. All right, and thank you for bringing this up, uh, Terenzio. I really encourage people to use the notices of liability to get a hold of the template letter, I should add the template letter to this page actually as well and make it as user friendly as possible. And uh, yeah, we're going to want to hear some more good news reports. Like I say, when I've been personally involved with helping employees, we've had great success in either getting the mandated vaccinations overturned or in um, helping individuals not to have to undergo the rapid testing.
So I hope that this show tonight has been super, super informative. I've been so pleased with the pr presentation that uh, Andrea has provided. If we were to say, you know, what could we do within this information? We're going to put this show on the Empower Hour. I'm going to ask Andrea also for her PDF links. And, and so I would encourage people to send this to your local police. I would encourage people to take the PDFs, take the videos and provide it to the um, uh, police because this is not just happening in Canada. I'm, I'm sorry, in British Columbia, it is with the students. Um, I don't know, Andrea, do you happen to know if they're providing it to kids in other provinces as well, or was it only BC they were distributing this particular rapid antigen testing? I believe that this was only distributed in British Columbia for now. Right. Um, but and I and I want that. Mm -hmm. Sorry, apologies. Sorry, my kids just got back from soccer. So yeah, I knew something had gone on. That's where I went. I'm trying okay. to like be like here to, to stay here for a second. <laughs> no, this is real life, and everybody, no. we're just a family here and friends coming together on a Wednesday night to help each other. And so I was trying to give a bit of an instruction, like what do we do with this information? And so I'm encouraging people uh, take the Empower Hour once we post it. It'll probably be up on the page by tomorrow. Would you mind providing us the PDF uh, of your presentation as well? We'll provide that information. And I would take this resource. I would send it again to municipalities, mayors, city councils, school board trustees, uh, MLAs, MPPs, every single elected official in your district. And also point out, it didn't come up as much tonight, but it is in the report that Artron, it's in the video on the page. Like I say, please listen to that video of the recording that Lisa had had the patience and time to take with that Dr. Uma, because in there she refused to say if sodium azide was an ingredient in this test. Now, other tests, um, producers of the test distribute and distributing them actually say sodium azide is, uh, uh, is an actual ingredient. And it, I, I can't tell you enough uh, that this is a toxic ingredient. Nobody should be sticking this in a child's nose. And, and as well, we didn't really talk about the environment, environmental impact tonight. But think about, we saw it was 608 over 608 million units have been purchased by a multitude of suppliers. Now, with those being distributed to millions of Canadians across Canada, yes, it's a little jar of sodium azide and whatever other um, ingredient is there. It's now going in the drain. This is supposed to be disposed of in a manner that uh, with hazmat, etc. This is supposed to be a biohazard. It's a biohazard. <laughs> and in the quantities, can you imagine a parent, you're going to be at the sink in the bathroom and the kids will say, oh, I want to tip the bottle over. I remember having little ones, you know, they want to do stuff too and, 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 and be big and participate. Now they're spilling it in their hands. It's going yeah. into the drain or they're pouring it in the toilet or they're throwing it into the garbage. And, and so we really need to let people know how um, incredibly uh, dangerous this product is and how far ranging the problem is as far as environmental, the risk to our pets, the risk to our kids, etc. The risk risk to adults, to you as an adult. All right. Well, Andrea, we're gonna we're gonna end the show tonight. It's probably good timing with your kids coming in. Thank you so much. There goes one. <laughs> yeah. Hi, little person. We're doing this for you. 
<laughs> We're fighting for you, my little friend. Okay, scoot in the room. Be a good boy. Thank you, Ramos. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was good. I hope everybody that was informative. And and like I said, you know, a, a lot of us get branded as conspiracy theorists, myself included. But I mean, you know, all this is all documented. It's all on records. No, it's the facts. It just, it really doesn't look good. And I'm really concerned here. And I'm really frustrated um, because, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've sort of, you know, hit on this bombshell mm-hmm. um, story and there's so many facets to it. And like I said, at the very least, they're lying and they're misleading us mm-hmm. at the very least. And is that becoming of a company that is authorizing medical devices for Canadians? No, absolutely not. Right. They should get their contract pulled. Yes. Just doing that. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's beyond I, 40 I million think, our tax dollars. Yeah. I think it's a hundred percent criminal. Uh-huh. And just so you know, just so our viewers know, as well, as far as the entre, uh, um, Artron in BC is concerned in the schools, because of the amount of pushback from Lisa and her team, Action for Canada, et cetera, they've apparently pulled them and they're now all sitting in a, in a warehouse. And this is millions and hundreds of millions of dollars that is just going to waste. And if we have our way, none of them will be removed from a warehouse again. And, and uh, you know, it's going to be amazing to see how we recover from all of this waste, this tremendous waste of the government who are, you know, talking about climate change and filling our kids, kids, kids with this pollution in, in the schools. And here they are putting millions and billions of masks and gloves and this garbage in into our landfills and down our drains. So we got some work to do. I think we're making a huge dent. And thanks to people like yourself, this is going to be the kind of evidence we need to apply even more pressure. So in closing, what would you have to say uh, to our viewers? Well, I mean, you know, follow you guys, um, you know, uh, try to support work, especially independent journalists. You know, throughout the pandemic, we've had this sort of David and Goliath battle through, you know, our our mainstream media and our mainstream media isn't all bad, but we've definitely seen an, uh, you know, an ugly underbelly to them. Um, So, and, you know, the independents have really owned information during this pandemic. So, you know, if you can, support their work, follow them, follow me. Uh, if you can contribute, even if just a, just a little bit, right? You know, I'm talking about True North, Rebel, Absolutely. Fernando, Western Standard. Um, you know, uh, there's so many of us out there. So um, find them, Blacklocks, right? Find them, support them, contribute to them um, so that, you know, everybody can keep on doing this because it's a lot of work. And like I said, there's massive stories out there and, you know, we're, we're running on no funding at all. Most mm-hmm. of us, no government dollars, Yes, you know, and very, very minimal funding. And we're the ones who are cracking all the big stories and we've been doing it throughout the entire pandemic, mm-hmm. right? We've been on the ball where MSM has been dropping it. So, you know, support those people and don't go to my webpage yet because it's not done yet because I'm making it myself because I can't afford a web designer. So um, it's not ready yet, but it's realandyleeshow.com and I'm going to have, oh, there goes another one. So, yeah, so that's my website. So I'm going to be posting all my stories, all my shows and all that stuff on there, but it's not quite done yet, like I said, because I'm doing it myself. Okay. Just like I do everything by myself, but those- I know what you mean. I started that way too. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> grassroots, right? We're all we're all grassroots movements here. So absolutely. That, that What's, the best way? What's the best way 
Andy, for people to um, provide some funding to you? Well, I don't have it. I don't take any contributions or anything like that. So I do this as a, you know, a service. Um, mm-hmm. and Mark but and if I, they did, if they wanted to uh, provide you some funds for your work, is there a way, a means to do no, that? There's no way to do it. So, okay. um, all right. Well, you're going to need to set something up because we need to keep you up and running. And I totally agree. Uh, where would we be without the independent media at this point? Let's get my, my show. I'll probably put a little tip jar up just because okay. all these flights to Ottawa are destroying me. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going back there to, to follow James Top. And for Canada Day, and I've promised that I'm going to go to Parliament Hill and pitch a tent on Parliament Hill Canada Day, whether Justin Trudeau likes me, uh, wants that or not. He definitely doesn't want it. So I'm going to go do it. All right. But they do. Good to know. Well, if anybody's in Ottawa on Canada Day, go and meet Andy. Andy, thank you again so much for being on your show. We're going to have to be in touch. I'm going to want to have a separate conversation with you as well. So I'd love to follow this story up too and find out where it goes. Terrific. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. Woo. All right. Well, everyone, that was an amazing evening. Uh, Be sure that if you're like, oh, man, I wish others were attending the show tonight. We're going to have it on the Empower Hour within the next day or two. Be ready to share it and get it out to the masses. Uh, We need you to help us to be super spreaders uh, on our social media. We love that name, the social media, A4C social media super spreaders. That means that when we send you the weekly action, you take that action and you spread it on Twitter. Facebook, whatever social media platform you're on. I know people go, oh my goodness, Twitter and Facebook. We'll take advantage of them as long as we can. So please help us get the information out. It's super important. Next week, we are going to have uh, Dr. Denny Rancourt on. This is going to be an interesting one. Denny has been uh, written many articles on the masks, uh, geopoliticals, uh, geo- geopolitics he's involved in, uh, the, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. So please be sure to come and join us next week. And then, you know, everybody take a deep breath and just know that we are on the side of right and make sure that you join an Action for Canada chapter. Don't be alone. Make sure that you have somebody else in your life. And you know, one of the best things you can do when you're feeling down is find somebody else to encourage because that not only lifts their spirits, but it lifts your spirits as well. It's a feel-good action. And uh, anyways, I just want to wish you all the best. I know there's so much stress in life right now. Some of you are in very precarious situations, and I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you. You are loved. Please join a a chapter because those communities need to grow and it's the the most effective thing that we could be doing and uniting together on right now. All right, my friends, we'll see you next week. God bless you and God bless Canada.
a virtuous heart if you are here today pursuing freedom and righteousness. And then verse 23 comes along with a promise. God says he will turn the sins of evil people back on them. He will destroy them for their sins. I take great comfort in that because I serve a mighty living God who has allowed us to go through this season of discomfort because we as a nation had turned our backs on him and we need to get right.